All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Fuck You Friday. I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, Casey DeBlanc, and I am super excited, Casey, to be able to host Michaela Mayer, an Olympian, WBO boxing champion. I'm very excited to dig into things, uh, but uh, Michaela, and thank you for coming here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Um, before we get into things, I always like to have Casey give a little context as to why we're here. Okay. Because uh, I really haven't told you yet. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so let's kind of get that out of the way, and then um, I'm, I'm excited to, to move forward and, and talk a little bit and see see what happens. Right on. So, so Fuck You Friday is a podcast that is about elite athletes or people doing elite things in their life, and some of the things, whether they be conscious or unconsciously doing that we can extract so people can either learn or be entertained. And, and, and so the Friday concept is like, okay, what are you doing on Fridays to set yourself up for the week? Or most people are typically not doing things on Friday. It's more of like a third day of the weekend, which is a little bit, um, you know, depending upon what your lifestyle is, it just it rubs me the wrong way. So anyways, <laughs> we're, we're super excited to have, we, as you just so eloquently put before we, we started rolling is our, it is our first female on the show. <laughs> so, so, so we're, we're really excited because we want to, obviously you've done things at the top level. And so we want to understand, and we were talking about it at lunch is what are you doing? And maybe even things that you don't even recognize that you're doing that's elite and how we can learn from that. So you know what we'll just kind of just jump right in i mean there's uh we want to know a little bit about you like what you know tell us where you're from and yeah, give us some give background us your origin a little bit yeah, yeah. Where, where are you um from? well i grew up in the san fernando valley of california so woodland hills uh three sisters or two sisters i'm the third mm -hmm. um my dad raised us most of the time um and when we were about teenagers, we moved out to downtown LA. He was an artist. He was worked for Mattel Toys for thirty years. So come from a little artsy hip hipster family. Sure. Um, and so of then, course, you were going to be a boxer then. Yeah, no, that didn't yeah, how, really fit let's, the mold. Let's, let's stop right there. How did how does this happen? Just just in the context, boxing. The the first thing I think about, um, you know, in the classification of women's sports is not necessarily that that boxing would be the traditional push that mainstream would would bend you towards. It'd be maybe soccer, AYSO soccer, or or softball did or so did you anyways, so no no i'm saying but traditionally no, like, what, what did you gravitate gravitate towards first and how did this all well usually you're right uh boxers either you know your grandfather box or your father yeah. boxers or some type of boxing in your family that wasn't the case for me um i grew up a little bit of a troubled teenager kind of hopping around i was in my fourth high school by the time i hit my senior year I wasn't really focusing on anything despite my, my you know my dad did the best he could as a single dad. I mean, he had us in sports growing up so, our whole so, life. So fourth high school in, in LA? In LA, in LA Was yeah. that from then, whooping people's ass? Yeah, can you give me an example of, of why you got, got, yeah, give me some stories here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did get kicked out of my first high school for getting into a fight. Boy or girl? It was a girl. Okay. Who won? Um, Who won? Well, me, of course. Well, give me context. <laughs> this is fun. I like this. Yeah. Uh, it was actually, I actually ended up, it was two people I fought. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I knew it. <laughs> and it was one of my old friends, some drama, you know, teenage high school drama. So I ended up getting zero tolerance where I went to school, El Camino High School. Okay. And got kicked out, sent over to Taft. Was there for a little while. Um, ended up going to homeschool. I convinced my dad to let me go to homeschool. Oh which made me fall behind even more because now, you know, my dad was gone before I woke up on his way to work and home at nighttime, so it was my job to get myself to school. That's my favorite type of school. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> if, if I wasn't being forced to go to school and now I'm at home having to do my homework on my own, like, okay, that wasn't going to happen. So I fell pretty far behind, ended up in continuation school, which yeah. is that small yep. little school attached to the big school where all the bad kids go. Yeah. That's where I ended up. <laughs> and 
that was sort of like a turning point in my life where I was, I was 16 years old at that time. And I was like, I just want to be successful. I want to be good at something. I don't want to, they told me I was be stuck in the school for an extra year. So I'd be a super senior, right? And I said, the fuck, I'm not. I guess I can say that for you. Yes, you can show. say anything you want. Yeah, we actually yeah. encourage yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said, no, hell, I'm not. So um, I said, let me just start by trying something new. Let me get back into a sport. My dad always had me in sports growing up. Let me do something productive with my time. Did you see sports at just reflecting? So you're at this moment, you're like, fuck this. Right. I'm, I'm not going to just like, sit around and mope around. Mm -hmm. You saw sports as kind of a if you reflected back and had some frame of reference, like, well, at least was it in your thought process? That, well, at least sports gave me some context of yeah. purpose. Is that what? Yeah, was? my dad, he, we would run 5Ks in the weekend when I was younger. He was our soccer coach for AYSO and track and field. And he put me in gymnastics. So he always had us in sports. And I thought, OK, how do I get back to structure? Let me let me get back into a sport. It was just my first thought. Let me try something new. And I always saw this Muay Thai kickboxing gym down the street from my house, right off of like Shoop and Canoga, like right where yeah. I lived. And I just said, I'm going to walk in there and sign myself up. So I walked in there, I talked to the guy at the front, and I uh, said, you know, am I, I, don't, I never half-assed anything. So even though I was completely on the other side of the spectrum, like not wanting to work out, I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. You're smoking partying, cigarettes. Partying, drinking with my friends, doing whatever the hell I wanted. And so when I walked in there, I said, am I too old to start competing? At six, 16? It's, I had just turned 17. Okay, okay. And the coach, head coach goes, well, how old are you? I'm like, I just turned 17. He said, well, you're a little late to start, um, but, you know, you can get in here and work out, and we'll see what, how it goes. And that, to me, obviously right away, I was like, well. It was like a challenge, right? Yeah, it was a challenge. And huh. there was only women's classes three times a week, so I started going to those, and I, I loved it. I fell in love with it immediately. And I asked the coach, I said, can I come to the men's classes too, which were the other three days. So I was in there six days a week. Stop immediately stopped going on Friday night so I can get up Saturday morning and run. And that coach kind of took me under his wing. You know, a coach likes to see an athlete who is showing up and, like, into it, right? When, when did he know, uh, and from your perspective, when did he, did you get a sense of when it clicked that you were serious about it and he therefore put more energy and effort into you? Three, or four weeks. I mean, right away. It was, I've always said I'm an extremist and that was just like proof that I was because I immediately did a whole 180 on everything and I cracked down. I ended up graduating school like three months early instead of a year later. Um, just bust now. Continuation school is not all that like challenging, but. <laughs> yeah, but wait a second. I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting because you're. Again, going back to this role of sports, it's like something clicked in you from the sports perspective, and that literally inspired you to almost almost um, dedicate your life and every other facet of your life to to, to succeed and, and move forward. Yeah. Right? Well, you're a bit floundering, right, at that point in your life, and then you find purpose with with some purpose. form. That's exactly what I found. Is I found a purpose. I found something I was really passionate about. And to this day, I'll tell any any young person like the most important thing you can do in your in your young life is just find something you're passionate about. And society wants you to push you to, oh, go to school, get a degree, do this. Society norms. And you, like, look past those little interests that you have as a young person, right? Like, oh, that's not a normal career. That's not a normal job. That's not what you're supposed to do. And so I always encourage people to still pay attention to those small interests. And that's what I did with boxing. And luckily, I didn't have an asshole dad who, when I went home and said, Dad, I want to train for the Olympics, he like, supported it. a year into <laughs> boxing or less. What, what, well, did, yeah, what did he say? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, 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 do you remember well, exactly what he this said? Is, it went from me not coming home for weeks at a time, right? Asshole boyfriends. Like, literally, my dad couldn't get a hold of me, didn't know where I was, just gone at 15, 16, 15 years old, right? So it went from that to me going home and saying, Dad, um, I broke up with my 
boyfriend and I want to train for the Olympics. I mean, it wasn't that sentence, but I was making a change. How late was that? So you were training for how long in Muay Thai until you said that? Like, what? Oh, no, this is when I, I'm talking about when I first walked into the Muay Thai gym. Okay. This is right. like, it's all kind of one. I'm yeah. talking about when I walked into the gym, not Got necessarily it. boxing or Muay Thai. Got it. And, um, yeah, he loved it. He saw a total change in me. I was obviously doing well in school. I was focused and I was going to the gym every day and you know I didn't have a car so I would walk home from school and then I'd got a job right across the street from my apartment so I could I needed money my, 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 you know, we didn't come from a lot of money we lived in a small two-bedroom apartment with three of us girls in one room and so um, I walked across the street to my job at the hair salon and I put on my running shoes and I'd run to the gym by six o'clock and then I'd run home two miles two miles there two miles back and did that every day and so obviously my dad was going to support that versus what I was doing a year before. Right. And and what time and when exactly? So this Olympic thing, this Olympic Olympic boxing, yeah. right? It's not it's not Muay Thai. So talk mm-hmm. me about when you transitioned into that and how you found purpose for the Olympics. Yeah, so I only trained Muay Thai for about a year. I took ten Muay Thai fights and amateur fights. You know, nothing big. And I only took a boxing fight to better my hands because we figured we're in LA. There's tons of boxing out here. Let's just keep me busy and keep getting better and after my first boxing fight I just never went back to Muay Thai like I there was just something about the boxing gym the how boxing long how long until your first fight so you, you you started at the gym at 17 how long until you you, you had your first fight I took my fight. Fir- I, uh, like maybe three four months okay mm-hmm. and then at what point and then walk us through kind of your that that career path as you go from starting at a gym your first fight amateur to mm-hmm. then moving into Olympics and yeah. professional. Yeah. Well, I was lucky because I was in LA, and so there's tons of fighting out there, right? You have Muay Thai gyms that I could go and get a smoker at on the weekends, and you just sort of get a, just get show a up. It's called a smoker. What's that? Did you say smoker it's, or smoke rat? It's called a smoker. It's not like a an amateur fight on your record. They just have these gym on the weekends. You know, they have all these athletes come and just you sign, put your name in, tell them what weight you are, and they match you up. And it was, it's very similar. It's like an amateur fight, but they, for some reason they called it a smoker in the oh, Muay Thai world. Yeah. Um, so that's what we would do. We would just show up on the weekends. Sometimes you get matched up in show advance. Show up and sign up to fight, literally. Yeah. So sometimes you get matched in advance. You'd call them, like, I know you have a show this weekend. There's tons of gyms. Eddie Heredia's gym out there. They'd have one, like, every other week. It's literally weekends. like open gym and hoops, but you're, yeah. you're fighting. And you just, you show up, you give them your weight class, and sometimes you get matched with someone a little lighter, a little heavier. Maybe they had more experience, and so the coaches had to agree to the fight. And then it gets to the point where you take what you can get, right? When you're really trying to get experience, take what you can get. So we took every fight we can get. How many rounds? Um, this was only – this was – Four two-minute rounds. Okay. Which has changed, and I'll get there. But okay. it was four two-minute rounds at the time. And, yeah, so it starts off like that. And now when I first started, when I first walked into the gym, and I told you guys at lunch, like, I don't know what I was thinking. Because it's not like there was a, a blueprint for me to follow where it's like, here, if it's how you want to get to the Olympics, blah, blah, blah. If you want to turn pro, it's how you do it. We weren't even allowed into the Olympics yet. Women's boxing was not yet inducted into the Olympics. So there was that there wasn't that wasn't my vision when I Decided that this is what I wanted to do with this my is about life. fifteen years ago. Uh, about thirteen years. About thirteen ago. years ago. Okay. So that wasn't in my mind when I said this is what I want. I want to be a professional fighter. This is what I want to do with my life. And then professional boxing promoters were not signing women at the time. They did not have women. None of them. None of them had a woman on their roster. So I didn't know what the hell I was thinking. I just knew that I loved boxing. I found a passion. I was going to figure it out along the way. Did you like the 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 aggressive part of boxing? Did you like the sport of it, where you're? It's the mental side of it. Did you like all of it? Like what? What drew you to that, and what, what from your past, like, as a person, like, did you recognize that your personality, your mentality would be good for that particular sport? Um, I think it was the addiction to, if I knew that I showed up every day, I was going to 
continue to get better. And I was going to get better and better and better and better. And it's funny that I chose for like boxing because you never, there's no, okay, you, you finish learning. Like you're done. It was like this challenge of like, if I'm, if I show up every day, like I'm, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get better at this sport. And I don't know, I guess I never had anything like that in my life before that I was willing to, be, to become, to study and become really good at. And I found that in boxing. Let me, let me ask you a question because I'm curious about, curious about this from, from a boxing standpoint. How much of it is physical and how much of it is mental when you're fighting an opponent? It's, they're both so important. Just as a percentage, right? Like, so I, I mean, I can't even give you a percentage because here's the thing. If, you, if you're in the gym and you train your ass off and you can be in the best shape of your fucking life, right? Better than every, right, outrunning everybody, lifting heavier, going more rounds, punching harder, and then you get into a fight and you freeze up. We call, Coach Al calls those gym fighters. Yeah. Where they have everything in the we call, those, we call those bubble gum chewers when they look good oh. in warm ups, right? They, they hit every shot in warm ups, they're yes. blowing bubbles, but then the lights come on and, and nothing perform. happens. Yeah. And that's really where the mental side, I think, kicks in because there's a lot of pressure. And more so, you know, it's different amateurs, the Olympics, and being pro and like being in the position I am in now. But I've had that experience. I've had those levels of pressure throughout coming up in the amateurs and competing in the Olympics and turning pro and now being a world champion. Like I've had those levels of pressure. Okay, so, so this is this is gold. So this is what what I love is those different levels. And for those different levels, what are you doing mentally to scale yourself, both like as a as an athlete physically, but yeah. even more so like the emotional, the the mental, the the craft of it in your mind. How are you? How are you doing that? How are you elevating both? So in the beginning, you fake it till you make it. Okay. Like hell yeah, you're nervous as hell, right? Sometimes you're doubt. You you always you are doubting yourself. You're nervous. You you you're still exploring this new world. Like you're still yeah. learning. You don't really have full confidence yet, and you just have to fake it till you make it. Like, and it comes with experience. That confidence only comes with experience, and like knowing you you. You get to know yourself as a person as you grow older, but you get to know yourself as an athlete too. Like the more time you spend in the gym, the more competition you have, the more opponents you face, the more obstacles you have to overcome. And so it, it just comes with time. If, as you sit here today as uh, you know, one of the best in your, in your sport, what would you tell your younger self to help fast forward that learning, right? When you say it's just experience. So now that you've had the experience, what do you tell someone who's just starting out? Or what would you tell yourself? Who's I, just see, I would tell myself because I feel like I naturally did it. So I guess now I could tell somebody else. And it's really, you got it. You can't, you can't put so much pressure on yourself. And I think that's a lot of something that a lot of athletes do. Maybe their families do it to them, their parents, whatever. They put so much pressure on yourself to like perform and be great. You have a bad day and you let it take on to the next day and that's not something you can do in boxing because boxing is very physical like you're never going to have a perfect day every day you just got to let it go and move on to the next day well, and just keep that's learning. life i that's, mean that's life right like mm -hmm. we're talking about boxing but it also uh, like boxing it, crosses the life cross, uh, every crosses aspect the life. let me boxing. ask you i'm also curious on the confidence thing because i think that is another nugget in life like if people had more confidence they're going to do better things in their life and a lot of people have that self-doubt but they're never able to recover they're never able to fake it till they make it. They have this self-doubt and they let that control their life. So how do you improve your confidence? And also when you're in a fight and you get punched like that change, you know, and, or you have that self-doubt or did I train it hard enough? Or like, how do you change it? Like, are you, are you aware of your confidence at certain times or how do you work on that? How do you improve that? Or how did you? Well, in the beginning, um, I'd imagine winning helps. 
winning does help, but as an amateur fighter, you fight so often that you're. I mean, I didn't win every single fight. I was I gonna say, when was your first lot? Like Muay Thai? Did you? Was there one, a time where you got my, your ass whooped? I lost or? my thirteenth fight. You lost your thirteenth. <laughs> and was it, it a knockout or was it just? No, it was just you know amateur fights. It was fourteen minute rounds. Things go fast, yeah. and you win some and you lose them. I had over one hundred and thirty amateur fights. Fuck. You know, wow. so and then it's boxing. So not every decision goes your way, and sometimes it should. So there's that aspect, but I mean. What was the first question? Confidence. The confidence and going. So what I would say to someone you know younger than me is just don't put so much pressure on yourself. And the mind is a powerful thing. The mind is so powerful. So we get caught up and we our minds race and we get negative thoughts in our head. And sometimes it's really really hard to pull yourself out of that. And I think it just comes down to just keep showing up. Showing showing up up. is is key. Yeah, you got to keep. There was days where I was like, "Fuck, man, can I really fucking do this?" Like. 17 years old, starting out in this sport, you know, you have bad days and you want to, like, get down on yourself, but you just keep showing up, keep showing up, and you'll well, have, it gets better. And and it does get better because transitioning into, I want to hit Olympics now because I okay. feel like you have almost three segments in your life. You have the, yeah. from, from a fighting perspective, yeah. you have the Muay Thai, right? Mm-hmm. And now, and like you said, uh, before there's not, there's not even an Olympic opportunity. So that's not even really in your wheelhouse right now. It can't be. But now let's fast forward to the fact where now it's, it's recognized that women can, can fight in the Olympics, yeah. right? How, mm-hmm. what, how did that, talk to me about how that happened and wh- how did it manifest into your goal? And then uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. They announced it in 2010 that they were going to let women compete in the, in the 2012 London Games. They were going to allow three weight classes. The men had like 10 or something. They were going to allow three. They took three away from the men to give to us, which was a big deal. No one yeah. did that. Um, so this was 2010, which means I had been in the gym now for two years. And I went home and said, Dad, they're letting women in compete in the Olympics. And I'm going to go for it. And he said, all right, let's do it. You know, that was awesome. And he should have been like, he, a lot of, they shouldn't have been. A lot of parents would have been like, you're an idiot. Get your ass in college and go Maybe. get a job. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he didn't do that. He fully supported it. You know, I was working to travel to these tournaments. It, it, you get past the point where you can just go to these shows. And, you know, now you have... 30, 40 fights, and no one's going to fight you because these are young kids coming up. And so now you have to go and travel to these national tournaments. And, you know, I was working, so I'd hustle to, like, pay for these flights and whatever. My dad was so supportive. He came to my first few national tournaments with me, Golden Gloves. And um, Did you uh, – where, 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 where did you train? Is it always L.A.? Or? I was still here at the okay. – I hopped around. I, I did because I – the coach that I was originally with was a Muay Thai coach. And I felt once I started boxing that he couldn't take me to the next level. So I found another coach, which is another factor of success. You have got to, you have got to be able to make like tough decisions like that. And people want to say, "Oh, be loyal, be loyal, be loyal." But if you, that person's not going to get you to where you need to go, then you're only doing yourself a disservice. Coaching, dating, Everything. business, it doesn't all, matter. The people you it. surround yourself with so important. Yeah. Team, we'll get to that too. Yeah. But um, try to find another couple of coaches. Um, How did you, know, you do it? Were you like Googling on the internet, like boxing well, no, coach? Well, you know the gyms in the area because you go and spar and blah, blah, blah. And so okay. I had a few other options that I would, you know, go and train with. And then um, when I decided that I was really going to chase this Olympic dream, I, w- I was coming off like two, lo- two, three losses in a row in the amateurs. And I went home and day and I was like, my dad was, you know, I was like, I'm bummed. You know, I'm, yeah. I just don't feel motivated to go to the gym right now because I'm, I'm losing, losing. and yeah. I... Don't think that I have the right coach around me, and I just don't know what to do, and blah, blah, blah. I took off. And he goes, and that's my dad's awesome. He got on the computer, started searching coaches for me. 
because he saw this like passion and fire in me. Well, he, he also saw your life change. He, yeah. he literally watched you manifest an entire different um, uh, recipe for success. He didn't yeah. want to have you lose that. He knew there was something there. So he got on the computer, came home from uh, my friend's house that day, and he goes, so there's this program in northern Michigan where you can go to college and you can train with a two, at the time two-time Olympic coach. Is that uh, at Marquette, named Al Mitchell Michigan? Mar in Marquette, Michigan. Mar Marquette. <laughs> we'll talk we about do that later. Yeah, we do happen yeah. to know your boyfriend yeah. is named Marquette. Yeah, and you we'll, guys, we'll, you guys, we're going to get to the we'll, dating we'll app. Talk about that later. There's like yeah. an entertainment famous people dating app that yeah, I, can't I can't wait, wait. to <laughs> talk about. But, but let's, let's hurry stick up to the Olympics. Boxing. Come on, let's stick to the Olympics. So yeah, so he came home and told me that I'm like, well, you know, I guess I should be going to college now. I'm 19 and I would love to train as a two-time Olympic coach. So sure, Dad, look into it, and I left. How cool, me. though, you've mentioned your dad several different times. The support that he has shown you over the years is something that probably... <laughs> and tolerance, apparently. I mean, she's rolling around smoking cigs and with bad boyfriends. Yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah. four high schools yeah, later. God, he was patient. <laughs> God. He was patient. Should we do a live call and thank him right oh, now? I, mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. I, I feel like I know the guy. Oh, he's awesome. I mean, I would. my dad was amazing. Yeah. So um, he found that program for me and... Yeah, if he didn't find that for me, I don't know where I would be because two weeks later, after I left after this conversation, I left. I left. Was on my well, do my thing, whatever. He calls me. He said, "I got a hold of the coach finally, and you need to be there in two weeks. They want you there in two weeks." I'm like, "Really? Okay, yeah." Holy shit! And this is a consecutive with school. Yeah, so it's an. So it was they an got Olympic? you into a school, but how, and who's paying for this? <laughs> so it's Northern Michigan University, and it has an Olympic training site attached to it. It's not an Olympic training center; it's an Olympic training site where they had a handful of Olympic sports. Mm. So I would get a scholarship to college. Got it. I didn't have money to go to college. No, no one was going to put me through college. It wasn't something my parents pushed on me. Like, it was, yes, a, go to it was a was it considered a Division two or three? It was or? a Division two for the other sports, the college and Northern Michigan University. But, but you were separate because it, it was like a club Olympic type. site. Okay. It was, so we were separate. The Olympic sports. It was like speed skating, uh, wrestling, and which, boxing. by the way, may it may end up with the NCAA being in the news and everything that's going on with paid athletes. That might end up being kind of a new model, anyways, where you're kind of separating more and more. But yeah, let's not get knows? into that. Well, yeah. You're, yeah, football, basketball will separate. Yeah, and I think so. the NCAA. Will only govern the other sports. Yeah, I think so, so but be continue. Sorry, okay. this is cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I went up there. I was 19 years old. I'm from LA, California, getting sent to the UP, yeah. way up, fucking freezing, way up in the like northern Mar Michigan, right? Never heard of this town called Marquette. Never yeah. heard of Marquette King either. No, no, <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry about it. And, uh, I was the only first girl on the team. Coach Al didn't want a female on the team. He's never trained a female. He always had killers on that team, big names on that team, wow. guys coming from you know down North Philly and all these places where Gleason's boxing was thriving. Yeah, and he got this call from my dad over and over again. Emails like, "Take my daughter, take my daughter. They're allowing women to the Olympics. You have to have a female now." Blah blah blah. So he, the program was falling apart, and he only took me in because he needed to fill a space, oh, shit. trying to keep the program going. Wow. And I went up there, and he didn't think anything of me, really. I was a diamond in the rough. rough. I showed up in my Ugg boots and um, pink juicy shoe, suit, yeah. the warmest thing I owned. <laughs> like, it was just freezing. Just, yeah, it was freezing my ass. Yeah. Wo that's five. Woodland Hills, right? To a T, right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Woodland Hills. Up at 5 a.m., running in the snow, like with the guys Fucking all the way down the four. lake and back. And I'm like, she's trying to keep up with these, with these guys. In the Are you sparring the with them as well? Yeah. yeah. I ended up sparring with them too and everything. And. Um, yeah, so, but I loved it. Like, I knew, I knew he didn't believe in me there in that but, moment. But you knew your passion and you set into it. And I knew he would come around. And to this day, I'm, out of all those guys, I'm the one thriving. I'm the one who stuck with them. I'm the one who made the Olympic team. I'm 
None of them did. So it was. Well, how, how did you? How, so so you're you're at Northern Michigan. Yeah, I just skipped a lot. Well, no, that's okay. okay. I, I just want to back. <laughs> it's a fascinating story. I just want to yeah. make sure we don't miss. So you're there. You're starting to train. You guys are starting to at least build rapport. How how long does it take for you to? What, I mean, what years is? How long do you have to try to make Olympics? How does it work? This is 2010 when I went up there. Okay. And the Olympic trials were like the end of 2011. Okay. Right? So not much time. And he knew that was my goal. Everyone, everyone that was on amateur on that team, so that was everyone's goal, right, to make the Olympic team. Sure. And he's had he's had ten Olympians already. He's raised ten Olympians, so. I was his 11th when I finally made the team. Wow. But anyway, 2012 Olympic trials are coming up. End of qualifying for Olympic trials. How does that work? You have to place in the top tournaments throughout the year, right? So they take, How like, many tournaments? There's, there was... In general, like, five, six? There's only, or? like, three major tournaments okay. a year. So yeah. you don't have a lot of, like, if you if you lose, you're out, basically, you're right? Out. Oh, every step of training for the Olympics and qualifying for the Olympics is so stressful because one loss and you're out it's over. one loss and you're out you don't get to the next level they don't take a whole team they take one person per weight class and so i, I can't remember how the qualifying process that year was so long ago basically i qualified for olympic trials only eight girls qualify in the u.s per weight and i qualified and i ended up this is when i won coach all over is when i lost the second day to queen underwood the, the 2012 olympian and she wasn't one yet, but she goes on to win this tournament. But I lose to her the second day. It's a double elimination. So I fall into the loser bracket, and I have to fight every single day to get out of the loser bracket. And I did, back to the finals. So we're facing each other again, me and Queen Underwood in the finals. And it was my sixth fight of the week. I've never fought six times in a row. Sixth fight of the week. Had only been, we fight every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So the finals, I was still only three years into boxing, four years into boxing. So I really wasn't... I'd never fought that six days in a row. I was sore. I was fatigued. I go in there. I lose to Queen Underwood by two points. And, you know, the first thing that I got out of that ring and Coach Al just hugged me and he said, don't, don't be upset. Like, I've never had a fighter crawl their way out of the loser bracket all the way back to the finals like That's you did. Dope. And so he said, just stick with it and you'll, we'll make 2016 Olympics. And so immediately, like, within seconds after that loss, we knew that 2016 was our was your, goal. It was your time. Yeah. So <laughs> think about it. Like, to to have that mental focus for another four years. Yeah. Because you're lot. so close. So close. And then you lose. And, it, I mean, that, there's well, no way it could happen again. And you have to maintain, at that point, you have to maintain your amateur status, mm -hmm. right? You, you got to stay number one on the team. You got to stay top ranks. And you can't, you're not making money, right? You're not making any fucking money. Right. There's no endorsement. So amateur no. means just well, for Well, they the, changed that. They did allow right. you to accept endorsements. But at at the just time. recently, but at the time, at the you time, can't make no, money, No, right? at that point, I did. I got my first endorsement deal in 2013, oh. okay. the year after. But oh, okay. still, they're not, no, no one's knocking on our doors yeah. as boxers. Like, they're knocking on Simone Biles' doors, okay? No one, yeah. it was, it's very, it's not, it used to be an Americanized sport, but it really isn't anymore. And so the endorsements weren't coming our way. You know, you make the national team. Number one, you get like $1,000 a month. Number two, I think you get like 500 and then... You fall well below that, and you don't get anything, and you're training all the time. And you and can fall at any time, right? It's not like you have a one-year contract. Like you win nationals, and you win the U.S. nationals, and you're on the you have your spot for the year. Oh, okay, okay. So it's complicated. It's messy. No, it's fine. A new people come in to take over, and the rules change. Whatever. So I knew right away I was going to go for 2016. So what I did was, at this point, they cut the funding. I had lost my scholarship. They didn't have the program there anymore. Everyone went home. And I said, well, I'm not going to leave you. Like, you're the you're the one who's going to get me. You're going to get me to where I need to, to be. To where I need to be. Like, I'm, I'm staying. So I I moved. I got moved up to Market, Michigan. No scholarship. I just got an apartment. And Were you there the whole four years? Yeah. I was wow. there the whole four years to wow. get ready for 2016. 
So you get to 2016, then walk us through the Olympic yeah. experience. Oh, okay. Well, I make the 2016 team, but it's actually crazy because I lost again in the finals. Well, how does that work? Double elimination, right? Oh, okay. So I beat the girl, my toughest opponent in that. She was the youth world champion. Everyone thought that she was going to win this tournament, even though I was the number one seed. Everyone thought she was going to kind of be the upset and take over. And she was strong. She's a strong fighter, Mexican style. And she. What I does Mexican style mean? They just keep coming. Very aggressive. They keep coming. Big shots. And um, you got to be a good boxer to keep them off of you, right? So I beat her the second day. Close fight. And then we go to the finals, and my arms, I can't move my arms. The dead arms? My arms are dead. And I don't, I mean, this, to this day, it's never happened to me. Coach Al thinks it was the nerves. I'm like, I don't know, Coach. I could not punch. I just felt like my arms were uh. gone. She wins that fight. And so now I'm sitting there in the locker room, like, crying, thinking, like, I can't believe I'm right back in the same position that I was yeah. in 2012. Yeah, full circle, and yet. Yeah, yeah, and I can't believe it, because if this happens again, I'm not going for another four years. Like, no. what? No. This is it, yeah. So I had to pull myself together. It was a crazy night. I had to pull myself together. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Let's stop right there. Like, so walk me through that night. I'm really curious, because that, this is a big moment in your this life. Is, this Maybe is life. the moment. Yeah. This might be the moment of it's your career. It's the moment, yeah, for sure. So okay, so let's walk, let's talk, let, walk us through that night. I felt defeated. Like, I literally felt defeated. I was sitting there in the locker room like this, like, in tears, and because we had to, you know, do our drug tests after. And so, and the girl who, Jahira, was sitting next to me on the phone with her friends, like, and her family, like, all Excited, happy. Pops, and I'm, like, yeah. just in, like, I'm just looking at Coach, I can't believe this happening. I felt defeated. And I was, like, I don't know what to do because I didn't feel right. I didn't feel good. It wasn't like I gave it my all. And it was, like, I don't know what is happening. How is this happening to me? I went back to my room. I had to make myself a – I was so sore. My body hurt. I had to make myself an Epsom salt bath to try yep. and recover. And, I, like, I didn't even want to do the Epsom salt bath. Like, I was, like, I didn't even want to do it. I just like, wanted to lay it. down yeah. go to fucking bed. And I was, like – and the next morning I told myself, okay, Michaela, you're just going to go in there and you're going to do the best you can. And if you don't win, then you don't deserve to make the Olympic team and it is what it is. But you just go there and do the best you fucking can. I had to, like, take the pressure off myself and just say, fuck it. Who fucking cares at this point? Like, yeah. I don't even know how I did it, but it was just like. Instead of gloves are off, towel. gloves are on. Yeah, gloves <laughs> are on. Coach Al brought in his friend trainer because he said maybe she needs a different voice. I need to, uh, like, do something to trigger when her. When was that? That was in the morning? Yeah. When you're getting ready for the fight? Yeah, he's like, I want you to come hold the pads for her, warm up with her, and be in the corner with me. He just thought anything would, like, anything kind of trigger you. me. Yeah. That, did, did that work, or is that. I think it helped a little bit. Yeah. At this point, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go in there. And when I walked into that ring, the game plan just clicked in my head for some reason. Something like just it, happened. Because she was an aggressive fighter, and she kept um, wanting to throw a big bomb. Just like Challenging right you. Hook. So I'm like, just roll her punches. Let her come to you and roll and make her miss and run to the ropes. And I got I picked that up the second round. It was four rounds. So I just started rolling, and then I coming back, and then rolling, and then coming back, and it's, it sounds so easy. Like, well, duh, why not, would you not roll? But like they say, every, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the mouth, yes. right? I mean, and you fight everybody different. It's a sweet science. Like, you don't fight everyone the same. There's, that's why there's game plans for a reason. And so yep. the game plan just kicked in my, clicked in my head, and I started rolling and coming back and rolling and coming back, and um, and she couldn't adjust. So she's you're 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 making your strategy yeah. known, and then you, she's, it's like you have presence. All of a sudden, you're present in the in the ring. You have mm -hmm. presence, and that's what you're talking about. It clicks. It was like a presence of recognition of you're here. You have the plan. You know what you're gonna do. It also comes down to what I said: taking the pressure off you. I yeah. had to tell myself just Fuck it. let it go. Because Fuck if it. you're in your head, you're able. You're probably not able to strategically think, right? Like yeah. so, the pressure of the Olympics gets to be. That's where so freeze much. comes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where you freeze. Yeah, everything. So I just had to like take that pressure off of myself. 
And how, what, what about your body? Fight. So, so the Epsom salt bath was then yeah, was your body like? Did you relax and you're, you were able to punch? Well, and it was part of making weight too. You know, I had to make weight. In the amateurs, you need to make weight every day. So, okay, I had ate after my fight and fueled up, and then I had to kind of take a bath and get all out. And so, so you win the fight. Win the fight, and then that qualifies you. Right? Qualifies me. And now, what happens? Qualifies me for the qualifiers. Oh, shit. <laughs> so oh, okay. it's not like when you guys watch the Olympic qualifiers on TV and you yeah. see them run, they're qualified for the Olympics. It's yeah. not like that with boxing. You, winning Olympic trials only gets you out of the United States. It allows you to fight. Oh, my God. Okay. So then you have to go to the international qualifiers. Because not every country can qualify for the Olympics, right? So okay. then we go to the international qualifier, and it's in Argentina. How far? How long do you have to rest or train before um, between? We had, our, we had our Olympic trials pretty early on. So we had about six, seven months okay. before we had this Okay. This next qualifier. And usually you have to place like top two or three at this tournament to win, to qualify for the Olympics. Okay. When we get there, they tell me, so because Brazil, because South America is the Host, hosting yeah. country, they're selecting, they get to select someone to automatically go. And they chose, so because that's on our side of the world, our qualifier, <sighs> you have to win the whole tournament to qualify for the Olympics. Everyone else has to place like top three. Oh, come on. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, fuck, of course. Fucking of course they did this to me. Of course this is falling into my lap. Like, win the whole thing. Um, and I did. I went in there and I had four tough fights against four the top fights. girls in the world. Yeah, Mexico, yeah, uh, Puerto Rico, Dominican, and... Jesus. One more. Canada. Okay. So you, you literally, you, <laughs> you just ball out. You win and now, now you're in that just, and now you're in the Olympics, right? I'm so qualified. That's not even, you're not meddling there. <laughs> you're, you're getting the opportunity to now compete at the most elite what, how many how many how many people make it to the Olympics, like for your weight class? Three. Um, oh, one, right? One from the United from the United States. States. No, but how many how many countries are you oh. competing the whole against? Twelve. Uh, okay, so yeah. it, it's just a bracket single elimination. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you have what? How many fights? Six. Um, you end up fighting. No, what, I four would to have four. four. In the Olympics. Four. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes, four. So four go Olympics. come to the Olympics. Come come to London. Where where are we at now? No, not in London. We're in Rio. I'm in Rio. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I get stuck <laughs> in London. You've been talking for four years. Okay. I get stuck in London sometimes. I was, I was there for those Olympics. It's bad stories. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah. I was there, too. I was, they took me as a par training partner. Awesome. Yeah. So I ended up getting to Rio, and it really was underwhelming for me. So, underwhelming? Yes, underwhelming. It For a lot of reasons, but first off, it was the first time a South American or yeah country was hosting the Olympics. There were not prepared to travel that. the transportation was a mess the mess they didn't have the money they didn't have what about I mean, the village was it the village I, was like was <laughs> there was not it wasn't a village it was a place where the athletes stayed and slept. Out, like, right, yeah. so i didn't get that really olympic experience it felt like i was just at another tournament overseas somewhere yeah um and despite that when you make the olympic team as a boxer you're taking a second from olympic trials all the way up until a year later till olympics i'm training with a different coach oh. i didn't have coach al they they put they take you they move you to, move to Colorado Springs they put you with the the US team and and not to say anything bad about the coaches or the team but it's not what I well, was it's not your chemistry doing. it's not your chemistry it was a whole different style we had just hired a coach from Ireland European style compared to the American style was completely different oh my goodness so Coach Al I mean Coach Al was just living he just yeah. hated the way I was boxing but like to me I'm a good student so I was doing what I was told I was trying to take in what I was being told as as a 
as an athlete and they're my coaches and that's what I have to work with. And so my style definitely changed. I mean, I was not boxing the way that Coach L had me when boxing. You did, when you did box in the Olympics, though, and I understand you're saying you're, you, know, you see yourself as a student, therefore can, can amend whatever you're trying to learn to be able to perform. Right. But did you as an athlete go, OK, certain things are just not going to work. So you had to kind of do a hybrid of who you were or how, it's what was I couldn't. I didn't do that. I wasn't able yeah. to do that because one boxing is repetition. So when you're in the gym constantly going over and over these moves, over these moves, when you're in the fight, and your adrenaline kicks in. It's all muscle memory. Now you're doing mm. how you're going to train. You're going to fight how you trained. And so I can only do that to so so much yeah you know what i mean well that's kind of a life lesson too right you're going to perform how you train and and it's it's muscle memory it's doing the same thing over and over and over and over and that's where people get discouraged is that it takes a lot of work people want the magic pill they want the supplement they want the easy way out and it just comes down to your training it comes down to having like the discipline to do it over and over and over people get bored with boxing it's not as fun as everyone thinks you got to keep in the gym, you know, they get bored. Even even Marquette came to train with us. He's like, well, I want to spar under this. I'm like, dude, you're not allowed. He's like, oh. I'm like, this is it. This yeah, is it. Every fucking do. day is the same so fucking workout. So, so training-wise, so I'm, I'm curious on your training. Your training, did it change in the with the Olympics, or was, was your training the same from a nutrition standpoint, from a conditioning standpoint? What what Was there anything different well, in your I, Olympic training? When I moved to the Olympic, when I made the Olympic team after trials, moved to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, and you're putting through a whole new coach, everything is different. The whole system is different. I mean, the way they ran was different. The way they conditioned was different. The sparring Your was food. different. Yeah, the f- you know the food was fine at that point. You know, I was I was still you know I was younger and skinnier, yeah. and it was just easier for me to make weight. That wasn't a huge ordeal at the point at that time. Were you still one thirty? I was fighting at one thirty two in the amateurs. Yeah. Okay. And so. Um, Usually, you can't ask a, a woman's weight, but this is very appropriate. Yeah, it's pretty cool. today. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm yeah. gonna do that tonight. I'm just Try gonna that say, tonight. hey, yeah, see how yeah. that works. <laughs> see how that works. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their just, first dating just, advice. Just slip behind her after you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything was different. Everything, and I didn't have that voice, my, Al, Coach yeah. Al, that yeah. voice that got me through so many tough tournaments that kept me disciplined. And I was still learning. I was still growing. I still needed that voice. Well, well let's transition though. So you're, let's let's hit your third segment because so you're Olympian. You've made a goal. You've medaled, right? I mean, you do medal, right? No, talk I me. don't medal. Oh, okay, Olympics. so talk to me about it. I win my first fight, and then I go up against the Russian. <laughs> Straight out of Rocky Four. Yeah. Hold on, look directly into that camera with that look. <laughs> I don't know, go up against the Russians. <laughs> Do that we know what kind of trouble the Russians are in right now. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. there's that. There's, and yeah, there's a little bit of that. <sighs> I lost on a split decision. Really, really close fight. Damn. And uh, to this day, to this day, you guys, and I'm I'm healed from my Olympic experience. I'll say it was not a good one. I have not watched that fight. Really? I have not gone back and watched that fight. I left it there in Rio, and I, I left it there in Rio. So we had a so we had a, uh, a he's an ex 49er and he dropped two punts in a playoff game that cost the 49ers that playoff game. And we 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 asked him. We said, "What what what impact did that have? Did you rewatch?" And he said, "No, I didn't. Wa- I didn't watch it either." But he wouldn't take it back. He wouldn't take that experience back. He actually kind of leaned into he, he it. Articulated a lot about he articulated it. a lot and what the impact it had on his life and and and. Because we were curious, like right? we, were, we were talking to him about it. And we're like, yeah. "Hey, would you want to take that back?" That was like the worst football experience of your life. He's like, "No, it was the best because it changed my life." Had a, like a really because it inspired him to know what he wants, to yeah. know what he needed, to get to where it needed to be. It it put him in a different level. So that's where I'd like to step on right now. That, so that's me too. And so it wasn't just that fight; it was my whole Olympic experience. I I mean, they always tell you, keep your family at a distance, don't have any distractions. Blah blah. blah. I kind of had all of it. 
I had a lot of things going on in my family, and the guy I was dating at the time kind of showed up and just made things a hassle for me. Um, my nutrition wasn't very good there. Like, I was really underweight, and, again, I was boxing a style that I didn't like, and I lost. I didn't get a medal, and it just – it really, really, really made me think, like, whoa. I just trained for how many years for that experience? Yeah. Not meddling is one thing, but the experience in so many different ways personally for me, and it's not an excuse for why I didn't meddle. It's just that my whole experience was just like, ew. I didn't like <laughs> it at all. Yeah. And guess what that did? That, that sparked my mind to say, okay, what now? Because yeah. you're not going to go and do this again. It didn't but that's make you it, happy. Right? That's it. Is that people go through that experience and they, and they go one direction or the other, right? Yeah. It either sparks you into greatness or it can manifest into worse things. And well, it just it can kind of, manifest into doubt. Well, mo momentum goes yeah. both ways. Momentum can go either direction. And so that that's a pivotal, mo pivotal moment. Do you remember what you did or how you kind of handled that situation that made you go from, okay, I need to make some decisions to get better or to, to do something with this career? Okay, so I've always been a doer, right? And I've told this people, like, it doesn't matter what, to stay in one place, like, um, that's what I'm looking for. Um, to be focused? Make or? a no. It's most, the most important thing you do is make a move. Make a move. Like, yeah. don't say stagnant. Don't say static. Yeah. Don't say stagnant. Yeah. You don't, the worst decision is no decision. The worst decision yeah. is no decision. And so I obviously was depressed. I used a little bit of time to feel sorry for myself, whatever, unwind from the Olympics. And then I went back, went back and trained for nationals. Made the team again, won the national championships. And I started thinking, like, is this what I want to do for the next four years? Do I really want to go for another Olympics? I didn't get everything I wanted from the last Olympics. I didn't feel fulfilled. So as an athlete, you have a clock right like yeah. i'm not going to be an i can't be an athlete forever i can't fight forever and i was willing to take that risk because my olympic experience was so unfulfilling and bad and sad to me that i was willing to take a risk where if it was probably really good and whatever then i would have been like oh let me just stay in comfort well, you know i check a box you check a box if yeah let was, me just do that again yeah. like if i meddled all it was great let me do that again no i was willing to take a risk and when i say you may not understand what i mean by risk but again turning pro as a female boxer was still not a thing Promoters still weren't signing women, so if I was going to turn pro, it was going to be tricky. Who was I going to sign with? Was a promoter going to sign me? Um, would I be sitting on the shelf? Would I get fights? It was still right before women's boxing was sort of taking off, and so it was a risk. I was going to leave my spot on the national team where I was living at the Olympic Training Center for free, yeah. great great health insurance, right? You know, a couple few thousand dollars a month as a stipend, like whatever. It's shitty, but at least it was like this comfort zone, but I didn't care about the comfort zone. I yep. wanted to do, make the most I possibly yeah. could of my athletic career. And that's when I started deciding that I was going to transition to MMA. Yeah. We talked about wow. that. So, so there's a lot, the, the popularity of MMA right now. And, 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 and there's this, there's this conversation going on of boxing versus MMA. And as a, as a female who's doing really well in boxing, the, the dollars and the, and the notoriety, right? Part of it is, you're boxing, but part of it is brand and make the money part of it like that. It's a career for you, yes. right? Like this is this is your career. Yes. So what was the what was the thought process? Because um, I know we had talked on from a contractual standpoint, it got really Everything. close. Yeah. What 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 was your thought process? Or what is your thought process on MMA? Well, the year before, Ronda Rousey called me in to be her sparring partner for the um, Amanda Nunes fight, and that's when I think the triggers started going because I see like, okay, women are getting the respect and appreciation in MMA, um, the TV time. Well, in a Muay Thai background, it's not like you were exclusive yeah. boxer. Yeah, so I was thinking, okay, I'm still 26, you 
know, I can make this happen. Like, and I was excited for the challenge. It was something new because, again, the amateur box, and I kind of felt like I was maybe over the amateur box, and I was ready to move on, but turning pro was, was the option wasn't there. Right. And so I said, okay. And I was fully set on making this commitment, I mean, a week or two away from signing with Bellator. Um, and thank God that I did not do that. Nothing against MMA, nothing against Bellator. Yeah, sure. I was able to stick with boxing and start when I finished. How and why? Who did you sign with? Was it top rank? Is that when you did top, top rank? rank? Yeah. So my talk to us called, about that. My manager called and said, listen, let's, let's, let's go through all the options before we make this decision. I think deep down he knew that it wasn't the best decision for me and to turn pro in MMA and it would sort of be giving up on everything we had worked for in boxing and the strides we've made and how far I've come. And so he made some phone calls and hustled a interview or sit down interview or meeting and not an interview, a sit down meeting with top rank, which is the boxing promotion in the United States when you have a few, which is the difference between boxing and MMA, but right. top rank is one of the best. Um, they signed Floyd Mayweather, Sugar Ray Leonard, all the greats out of the Olympics. Worked with a few females back in the day but didn't currently have one and didn't plan to, I think, until they sat down with me. And I basically had to sit in this room in Vegas and sell myself. Like, I always believed in myself, and I think that's another thing. When you're selling yourself, are you selling you as a boxer? Are you selling yourself as a character as that, a can, human? Be, that as can be a, marketed? I'm or selling like myself as the full package. Yeah. I'm saying, like, the box, the Olympics gave me that resume, right? So I'm finally able to go into the to a promoter, which women weren't able to do in the past, and say, "Look, I'm a, Olympic I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna this time, a three time national champion. I'm a world medalist. I'm an Olympian, and also, like, I can speak well. I am marketable. I believe to be marketable in your guys' eyes, and I can actually really fight. And is so, there is there is there something as a female athlete when you're marketing because you're, you're a pretty girl, and do you have to explain yourself that way? Like, does that come up in, well, when you're when you're yeah. doing this interview where, where process? Does, like that, because like when you say marketability, you like what does you that could, mean? You could put me on a poster, and, and you know well, what I you mean. You can't like, put you on a poster. You have a face for radio, pal. Well, that's why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just the society we live in. It's sad, right? Like being a, especially as a female, a man could walk in there looking like got ran Me. over by a truck, <laughs> and as long as he's got the skills or the resume, they're going to yeah. sign him. It's not good enough for a woman. A woman has to have the full package. I couldn't just be a good boxer. I couldn't just but be an Olympian. I, I have a question, though, because so so back to b boxing as the category and anchor of sport, how do you how do you resolve, I mean, how do you blend femininity with a combat sport? Like, uh, You don't force it. I just am who I am. I'm just, it. this is just me. This is just natural, and I'm not trying to be anything but who I really am. I am who I am. And that just sort of fit the mold that they were looking for, I guess. And it's, I mean, I don't know. I think well, in a way you are your brand, which is nice. I mean, it's. Yeah, I'm not trying to force anything. This is genuinely who I am. Um, and I, I believed in myself. And I sat there and I told him, like, if there was going to be a woman to, you know, create a market for, if there's going to be someone to create a market for women in boxing, I can do it. It can be me. I can do that. So this is really interesting because, Women's boxing is obviously not as popular as men's as male boxing, correct? And so, male boxing does a really good job of the promotion side of it. Are you who 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 does that for for a women women's boxing? Is you know because they've got promoters, obviously, but it's the 
I, I, for lack of a better term, it's like the character, the story, of the, box it, of the story, the story the, leading up to right. Yeah, that the that the drama that you create beforehand. Then they want to say, okay, I want to see these guys fight, like yeah, really fight. Okay, right? so you get the promoter right, and that, that's sort of something that I've been doing now. Now that I'm settled into my career as a pro, I'm 15 and 0. Yeah, I'm, I'm the world champion now, and I'm I believe I'm the best in my division. So I'm calling people out. I'm creating these rivalries that women's boxing needs. Men's boxing has the rivalries, but why why do people want to watch boxing? They like that. They like the drama, right? They want to see. They the want to physical, see their, it's like the gladiator, right? Yeah. You get two people in they a ring. They want to see blues. They, they want to see blood. Win. Like, yeah. yeah. And the idea that, you, like, you're, you're going to see blood, and it's going, you, you can't run in the ring. I mean, for lack of a better term, you can't really. Can't. I mean, you kind of can a little bit. Like <laughs> Floyd Mayweather well, does it all the time. Well, but, just, or just having, I, I, I was at the, the McGregor fight, right? And it was yeah. interesting because the guy, obviously, you know, he, he broke his ankle. And he's he's sitting there, and he's still he's yelling at the guy that he he you know that his wife just slid into his DMs, right? I mean, he's so is there a is there a line for you? Listen, that was genius, and Ronda tweeted. How do you it. see it? Yeah, how do you see she that? She said like uh, he started selling this the next Immedi- fight with a fucking broken ankle. The next fight, that's exactly what it was. And you know, he's a genius I when it comes to that. You have to acknowledge that. Yeah, you have to. But can you do something like that? This is entertainment. At the exactly. End of the day. Part of it is entertainment. And yeah, I'm, exactly. And I do. I have been creating rivalries, and there are some big rivalries in my division. There are some big fights for me coming up. But yeah, it's part of it, and you, it's hard because. When How did Ronda Rousey do it? Like, didn't she? She kind of created a brand for she did women. It. She also had the UFC really backing her strong. Like, she yeah. sold her fight. She was great. She had this image about her, mm-hmm. and she had the UFC backing her and pushing her. And women's boxing still needs more promoters. Yeah. More so how, why yeah, exactly? Them. Why do, why don't they? Because there's dollars. You I mean a lot? There's a lot of there's, eyeballs. There's gotta on, be. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big question that we all have. Like, I I'm grateful that top rank took a risk. They think it was a risk, and it was. I feel like I've been proving to them my whole career, every fight that I was worth their investment, and I believe I've proved that to them. Um, but now it's like, we're, let's sign more women. Let's, like, keep doing that. And I don't know where the hesitancy is. Mm-hmm. Is that a word, hesitancy? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So, so on, on top rank. Fuck you, Friday. We yeah, just, we're, we're doing we've one. made, we've made yeah. up words so many times. Let, let's, go, let's go to your, uh, your ultimate goal, though, right? Because there's, as I understand, there's four belts yes. that you want to connect in, in a sense. Can you just go yes. over that and this where you are people, now and where you want to go? Because it, it gets confusing. People who don't follow boxing are like, I don't get it. So many belts. But yeah. it really comes down to the four important belts. Okay. Gonna, whatever belts, fuck it, doesn't matter. It doesn't, really, really don't matter. They might set you up and rank you and put you in line for the bigger belts. But the four, this is a four belt era. It's a newer four belt era. Okay. Right now I'm the WBO world champion. I, I won the WBO world title back in October. And there are three other world titles. IBF, um, WBA, and WBC. Okay. In coming up in November, I just announced this a while back. I'm going up against the IBF champ, Maeve Hamadouche from Fucking France, awesome. and so that would give me two belts. And then this is your next fight in this November. Is my next fight in Where November. is that at? We, we don't know yet. We okay. don't have a date. We don't have a location. Is that is that a just like is she want it to be in France and you want it? <laughs> no, my promoter. It was never an argument. She's with the matchroom promoter in the UK. Okay. But we got it over here in America. Okay. Cool. That was not. That was, that was given non- to us easily. It cool. was wasn't really argued. Um, so she's going to be coming over here and that'll give me two belts. Yeah. Uh, winning that fight against her. She's a tough opponent right now. She's over in Tokyo trying to qualify or trying to win a gold medal. So sure. while she's manifesting her gold, I'm manifesting her belts. Yeah. I like and that. I like that. Two more belts. So <laughs> are you, are you watching, are you, are you watching her fight? Do you study her? Yeah. Are you studying? Oh, of course we study. We yeah. study. Some people don't, but yeah. we do because it's sweet science, right? But so you want to make the fight as easy as possible. So you have a styles. Game plan. Everybody's styles, got a style. Everyone, yeah, we want to make. We want to look good. We want to do make it easy. We don't want to have to get in there and fight. So we study and we come up with a game plan. Do you want to make a proclamation that you're going to beat her ass right now? 
I'm gonna beat her ass right now. Well, well not right now. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want you to start getting angry right <laughs> no. now. Don't you feel don't confident? With ass right now. confident. I do yeah. feel confident, and I I know that my team. I have put together the most amazing team. Like everyone, including your boyfriend. Yes, he's, even him he's, too. He's yeah. a great new addition. He's, he's, a, he's yeah. the new, new addition, <laughs> literally. Yeah, I think he's out there making beats right no, now. No, it's funny because somewhere. right when I I was I came down to weigh-ins late because I was cutting the yeah. weight. It wasn't it wasn't super hard, but it was, it was it was definitely a cut, and so I came down like a little bit late. And Coach Al was like, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "No, nothing fine. I'm, I'm on weight, Coach. It was just I just needed a little extra, a couple extra minutes." <laughs> he's like, "Okay." And after I made weight, he's like, "If you didn't make weight, he was gone." <laughs> yeah, he was so, gonna be out of here. So, so this is a little tidbit that I don't know if you re- really picked up on it at lunch, but uh, uh, Marquette wanted to spar. Oh. And, yeah. and, and Michaela was like laughing at him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, he's, a, he's a punter. By the way, well, I mean, but he's a, he's a fit. He's a, he's fit, a big he's a, dude. He's a big he's dude a big and he's a fit dude. dude. But Michaela yeah. was just kind of laughing at him at lunch. Like, hey, pal, like you have no idea who I am. <laughs> well, we talked, we talked before, before we went out to lunch and we were like, how much money would it take yeah. for you to punch when, well, for like, him, not you. I'm sure you would just do it right now. No, but for I, him, I get to wear the the, the stuff though. Like, you already are. Like, look yeah, at that. Bi- look yeah. at that dad bod. You've been. Wearing, you've got. He's got ton of protection. Yeah, right thank there. you. <laughs> I need to uh, cold sculpt it after this. <laughs> <laughs> if you punch, if you punch him right now in the chest, would he fall over as hard as you could? In the chest? Yeah. No, you got to go for the liver. You do. Well, yeah. The, so liver shot would you gotta hurt. Got to go for the liver. It would shake you to your, to my soul. Yeah, you got to hit it right. Right. Perfectly. You don't have to look at well me. his look at his his <laughs> yeah his his liver is probably not in too good yeah, shape. My liver's already beat up. <laughs> oh, yeah, One punch to, right to the or liver. The solar plex right in the middle, right here. Right, just lose your you, you lose your... yourself. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he has a solar plex. Oh, but, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think there's any plex in anything oh, cool. going on yeah. with him. But anyways, that's... except calm. I'm a very complex individual, actually. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, you never know. Exactly. Heavyweights aren't always in you know, the best heavyweight. Shape. That is the best line. Can we cut that out? <laughs> uh, heavyweights. Cool. She just called you <laughs> a heavyweight. Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tyson true. Fury. Yeah, what is Tyson Fury? Tyson like what? Two forty. Yeah, that's about Silverman. what you're weighing oh, these days. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> getting getting back to details. Okay, so let's talk. I'm always curious in boxing, uh, cutting weight the night before. Right, and then putting it back on—that's probably a question yeah, that a lot of people have. So let's talk, really want to know just talk about, about like your, your fight it? routine. Be you know making weight. I think I, I know I'm, I'm uh, age and weight are probably two things you're not supposed to ask one, but before a fight, yeah. you're X X weight, and then you yeah. weigh in 24 hours before, and yeah. then you put the weight back on. Can you walk us through those 48 hours of cutting weight, then adding weight back on, and yeah. how that works? So as an amateur, you fight, you weigh in every morning, and you fight that evening. As a pro, you weigh in the day before, like around 12, 1 o'clock, and then you fight the following evening. So you have a f- whole 24 hours and some change to, like, fully rehydrate and fully recover. Just recover, yeah. Which is why people cut more. I mean, I I couldn't – you can't cut like that in the amateurs. you got to make weight the next day, right? So um, it's definitely a cut now, you know, getting a little older, and it's definitely a cut, put on a lot more muscle, you know, now. Muscle's heavier. Muscle's heavier. So you – so you on the day before – or the day before weigh-in, you weigh – what and then yeah. you cut down to what you have to make like 130 it's like a whole process okay it's like yeah. really hard to explain in like one term but you're basically watching your diet the whole camp right mm-hmm. as it gets closer like four weeks out you're really going a lot stricter leading up to your fight week i have a nutritionist come out perfecting athletes and they cook for me all the fight week and monitor my water intake a lot if one thing that people do too soon is they cut the water you never cut the water you you take down the calories of the food and you eat eat the right things and you limit cut out the bad salts 
Um, You've said that a lot. Salt is one of the big things that, from a weight perspective. Bad salt. Yeah. Right? So, like, it's sea salt versus table salt you're talking exactly. about? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't go out to eat. When, we're, when I'm watching my weight, getting close to the fight, you don't go out to eat. Because right. it's not what you're eating. It's you don't know how it's cooked. Right. right. And so that can put you back a few days sure. or whatever, a week. A millennia. Yeah. And so I, she comes out, cooks for me, makes sure everything I eat is clean and, you know, monitoring everything, making sure I get all the nutrients, enough water. We don't cut water. Keep You stay hydrated up until... Um, you know, I drank a half a gallon of water the day before weigh-ins. A lot of people don't do that. And that's when, that's because when I get up in the morning to cut, I usually wake up the day of weigh-ins four pounds heavy. That's usually my thing for the last six fights or so, which is normal. We plan on that. And so we, we get to wait, like the two weeks before, we get to that weight so we know we can you wake know you up can hit it. four pounds heavy. And then because we're fully hydrated, still with water, we get in the bath and we cut the weight in the bath. So I'll lay in an Epsom salt bath wow, for about 15, 20 minutes. I'm going to do that before the boat tomorrow. You need to right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to detox. Super <laughs> models do it too. You So you put um, like sweet sweat or something on your body and you sit in the hot bath, Epsom salt for about uh-huh. 20 minutes, your pores open, and then I'll get out and I'll lay under the covers and like get kind of get burrito. Um, and so yeah. that's that's a four pound no, deal? No, no, I do that like four or five times. Oh, you have to do that four, to lose four pounds? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the first the first bath is all your pores is kind of getting open. Some people just sit in the bath for an hour. I, I don't like to do it. Everyone has their own way yeah, of cutting sure. weight. Is there no, no one's doing the sauna or anything like that? I don't like the sauna. It's okay. dry heat and whatever. Everyone has their own way of doing it. Got this it. is yeah. how I've adjusted. Even my nutritionists, other athletes, they'll do it a little different. Like some will sit in the bath for an hour and knock it all out. I like to go in and out. I like to bath, yeah. burrito, bath, burrito, <laughs> bath, burrito until I'm down to weight. Yeah. And then you make your weight. Let's say it's 131 or whatever, right? 130 on the dot. 130 on the dot. At 130.1, my lose my belt. Okay, so 130 what if, on the what dot. What if you do come back at 130.1? Can you go back out and then they come give back? give you about an hour to cut it, yeah. An hour, Jeez. okay. What? But what's the transition between you make your weight and now you get to sleep, right? You make your weight. You start what, what are you hydrate, fighting at? And then wake up the next, after, you, after eating and drinking for the next 24 hours, I'm back up to like 147. So you, you gained 17 pounds over a night? Yes. That's amazing. You've done that before, too. <laughs> I'll, do that. I'll do that tonight, actually. <laughs> it's not real couple, weight, though. You know, more it's more water martinis. weight, body manipulation. But really what it is is a detox for the body. Because we do it so healthy, we don't cut the water, we don't. We eat really clean. It's like a real solid detox for the body, and it makes you feel great. Yeah, because that's the whole point. You want to make weight, but you also you want to feel good because yeah. you're about to fight. Yeah, right. so if you have a bad weight cut, you're not doing it properly. You right. don't have, like, perfecting athletes. Because like, you need energy, never make without them now. Like, energy, strength, you mental clarity. You need it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so even, like, while I'm cutting weight, she's giving me, you know, certain fats and amino acids because you don't want to dehydrate the brain. You want to protect the brain. You said something about that. Let's let's just touch that real quick. Fats and the brain and uh, the vegan. The, there's a, there's obviously there's this. There's yeah. this bend towards this new veganism and athletes and and your your perspective at lunch was look the issue is is fats and protecting the brain what what are we talking about so i did go vegan for like a couple months because i love animals that was my reasoning and you know i didn't feel great in sparring i felt like i had no pop and that could have been just me adjusting to the new diet but at the end of the day and my nutritionist explained this to me She's like, it's really, really, really hard for us to support a combat athlete who is vegan because you're not getting enough fats to protect the brain. And someone who's vegan will say, well, we can get fats through nuts and avocados. You should, you would have to eat like eight avocados a day plus supplements to get enough fat that to, to, have, that to have what animal fat can provide for your brain. And when you're getting hit and you get hit and get a concussion, good luck recovering from it. Do you, yeah. do you remember the hardest that you've ever gotten punched? Do you remember the the is one punch? Is there a moment like, where you're like, that was the hardest no, I've ever been hit? No, there's been a few times where you go, wah, 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 yeah. it goes black for a little bit and you see stars. And that's mm-hmm. mostly in sparring that I've had that happen. Oh, is that right? I, I've never had that happen to me in a, in a fight. 
So you're fit. So maybe, maybe a little bit, but not nothing like where it was really, really like whoa. I felt Be- yeah. before we let you get out of here, we got to have some yeah. fun, right? Okay. So okay, so we've talked about your career, we talked about where you're from, your dad, your coach, a lot yeah. of impactful people. Cool life story. It's a great life story. Yeah. You've had a great, awesome. yeah, a great <laughs> life. But now let's have some fun. Okay, so okay. we talked about uh, Raina. Raina? Oh, Raya. Let's talk about, yeah, let's Raya. talk about, like, Yeah, we're going to talk about dating yeah, as a, yeah, as a yeah, professional yeah, like boxer, professional yeah, athlete. Or, or <laughs> pressure's off me for being fat. Okay, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Not really. You got to live with it. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay, so so you, let's walk me through, like, being a, an athlete who's a fighter, who's a female, and what that that looks like for you from a dating perspective or how it's gone yeah. for you with well, guys. How about, how'd you meet Marquette? No, no, no. no. <laughs> right. we'll start, let's start before Marquette. We're going to get to Marquette. Okay, but good. I'm always curious. Yeah. Like, let's start it's before a little, and end after. It's a little intimidating, right? Like for, from a guy's yeah. perspective, like who, what's your dating pool look like when um, when you're a boxer? So I was single for a long time. You know, I I had a, someone that I was dating when I was training for the Olympics. And, you know, that's the person who went to, to Rio with me. And it, it was not – it was – he was an athlete too. And yeah. – I don't know where the ego comes in with the guy, but he definitely had an ego. And I don't know how much me being successful in making the Olympic team versus sure. him played into that at all. Mm. But I guess that is a factor. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worried about their feelings. Like, I'm over here <laughs> doing my thing. fight bitches. So, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And then, um, Figure your shit out, pal. After the Olympics, I, I was single for a while, you know, just focused. I was single for about three and a half years. Because you said you had some bad boyfriends, right? Like, just yeah, some terrible some fucking people in your life. Yeah, boyfriends, like, definitely... Yeah. Um, well, there are moments in your life where you kind of attracted that, right? Oh, yeah, and it seems I like say, I had to work some to- through some toxic. Some traits. things that you worked through actually it gravitated mm-hmm. it gravitated the type of individual that you that you've gravitated towards now ostensibly, which is a more uh, a centered human being in Marquette yeah. King, right? Okay, so we're, so how you met Marquette <laughs> King through a dating app for entertainment yeah. people? It's called Raya. It's called Raya. Yeah. Raya. So I when I decided that I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm ready to start dating again. You know, I have kind of have my stuff together. Yeah. Like I just bought a house and awesome. I, I feel like, you know, I was living on my own and I had done that. I've been living alone for like three years now. So I had done that work, that like inner work that you need. And I think living alone, being alone, spending that time alone is so important. Like I don't believe in getting married young. I don't believe in like, yeah. like rushing into these relationships where you, with no autonomy. And so yeah. I spent that time and when I decided I was ready to start dating again, like what am I gonna do? Get on Tinder? Because no, I'm not going to get on Tinder. Like, I just didn't feel like that was going to suit me. And I was constantly on the go, traveling, whatever. And so I just, and living in Colorado Springs, and, like, the type of people in Colorado Springs, like, yeah, really wasn't the type of guys I was, like, yeah. looking to so, date. Right. <laughs> Still, like, a developing city a and hairy, whatever. A little hairy. Yeah. Inch a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what type of people <laughs> They don't use there. deodorant. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in Denver, but I wasn't in Denver. Uh, I was yeah. in, Denver's I, totally different Marquette than was Springs. in Denver at the time, though. She yeah, let's not talk it. about that. He doesn't okay. like Denver. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I was like, I, my friend told me about this dating app for people in the entertainment business called Raya, where like you can maybe meet people more who like kind of live a similar lifestyle as you and travel and kind of have like a career maybe like mine, like an athlete or something like that. And I thought I wanted to date an athlete because I figured, okay, I'm an athlete. I like athletics and I like someone who understands the game and wants to be fit and whatever. And there's lots of athletes on Raya. (laughs) Um, But I started, you know, swiping through, met a couple people on there, whatever, nothing serious. And I was up in training camp uh, last, before my last fight in October, Marquette, Michigan. 
Yeah. And I'm sitting there swiping, and I was, I'm like, like Marquette. Like, kind of have to. At least for one fight. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was like I didn't really have the option. I'm like, oh, you know, he's cute, okay, he's an athlete. Yeah. I'm like, well, I can't even swipe because I was over this app at the time, actually. Yeah. I was, like, on the way to delete it, so I was kind of just being an asshole. And I was like, well, his name is Marquette. Like, fuck it. Just, it's kind of funny. Let me just see. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's <laughs> oh, greatness. And uh, I think like he matches with me maybe a week or two later, and he said, "Hey, what's going on?" I'm like, I'm actually in Marquette yeah. training right yeah. now, and yeah. came out to my fight in October, and cool. the rest is history. That was yeah. how long ago? That was October. So. Okay, so October. So we're in we're in July right now. Eight months, and at lunch we started longest, ta- at yeah, lunch we started talking about <laughs> uh, <a> time. <laughs> at lunch we started talking about the the females are starting to ask yeah. the guys uh, for their hand. I've in never hand. sat at yeah. a table full of men oh, yeah. all talking about their getting proposed to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to my proposal. First of all, I'm looking forward to my proposal. Just for the record, I did not. Just so we're clear. But the fact that it was like a topic that it was just funny. I think think in this era, it makes sense. I I fully support uh, being proposed to instead of having proposing. But uh, anyway. We're going to cut that clip out and send it to his girlfriend. (laughs) Sorry, Rachel. Um, well, listen, thank you so much for being here. It's been awesome. Um, I just want to say that it's been really, really fun. And uh, thank you for coming and taking the time. And, and I can't wait to have dinner and, and talk about more proposals. That'll be, yes. that'll be really fun yeah. tonight. Congratulations on all your success. Please. That's a great really story. Really awesome. Yeah. WBO champion, Thanks. Michaela Mayer. Check it out. By the way, this is Fuck You Friday. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Please download us on any uh, platform that you fucking want to. Uh, we're on everything. We're on everything. So download us, like us, do whatever we want. Um, the DMs, we should we should uh, actually probably at some point respond to some of those DMs. We appreciate that. And we'll get to that as well. But thank you very much. And that's Follow Michaela on all the social. Yes. Yeah. On all your I'm socials. on Instagram, Michaela Mayer, Twitter, Michaela Mayer, the number one. Number one. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. All right. Yes. Well, that's a wrap. That's thank a wrap. you.